The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garan Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with Michael Gumbley. Michael is Managing Director and CEO of the recently IPO'd Magado Gold. Magado raised $6 million in a flash in the IPO and is due to list soon on the ASX under the code MEG. It comes to the market with a portfolio of gold exploration projects in Ethiopia. Now, we all know gold has been produced in Ethiopia since ancient times. In response to encouragement from the government, a modern-day gold industry is fast-taking shape. The Canadian market is onto the potential and has a number of companies active in the country, one of the most stable in Africa. That makes Magado somewhat unique in the Australian context. So it'll be interesting to hear from Michael about the company's projects and plans. And with that, I'm going to say good day to Mike and welcome him to the podcast. Hi there, and thanks for your time today. Good day, Barry. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Great. Now, before jumping into the Magado story, it'd be great if we could get a bit of a rundown on your background leading up to Magado and perhaps a mention of the one or two of the technical team you've assembled for the Ethiopian Gold Push. Sure. Uh, well, Barry, this is my first foray into into gold and, and mining in general. Uh, my background, uh, I'm from Sydney, uh, but left Australia many moons ago to the chagrin of my mother um, and studied at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. and did a master's at the Sorbonne in Paris and really set myself up for an uh, international career. But it, the focus was always a nonprofit. So for almost 20 years, um, I have been working uh, and living in uh, countries across Africa and and Asia, um, implementing uh, large-scale and small-scale agriculture, water projects uh, and the like, you know, amassing about $500 million US uh, deployed during that time. And it was really only in the last year, uh, sorry, 18 months ago, where one of my oldest mates um, was talking to me about Ethiopia and what I knew about Ethiopia. I was telling him how much I love the place, to go there all the time. And, you know, from that kind of early conversation, we then founded this small company together to put together a portfolio of, of premium uh, land in, in southern and western Ethiopia to, to really both um, take advantage of that opportunity, but at the same time, um, be able to kind of lean on the experience I've had over the last uh, over these last twenty years to be able to make an impactful investment in in the comp- in the country. Okay, and what do you mean by impactful investment in the country? There's in in our view, it's impossible for us to be successful in Ethiopia and probably most uh, projects. Uh, in Africa, without there being um, uh, investment in in the communities where we're working, 
such that our success breeds success for them and helps them um, be able to have jobs, some of them for the first time. There are, there are a couple of people in our staff where this is their very first job. It helps bring jobs into these communities that have never really had the type of investment which we uh, are planning to make. It gives opportunities to invest in basic infrastructure such as water projects to help with schools and the like. And, and so small amounts of money um, which we would be doing anyway mm. are really really make an impact on the lives of people who for as I said for the first time will really see and witness and experience the type of investment um, which we'll be making and I think it will have you know a, a, a really long-lasting impact on their lives and it's kind of why it, it's looking at it's just taking a different view of what I've done in the past um, in in order to um, help that type of development advance. Mm. And taking that approach where you're you know, focusing on the ESG, which has become all important in the mining world nowadays, the environment, social and governance, uh, do you see that as being a, a good business practice apart from anything else? I think it's fundamental to the success of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way in, in the Ethiopian context that we could go in there unilaterally and dictate what we expect to uh, accomplish um, without uh, uh, without taking into consideration the needs of the community. Um, Ethiopia is one of the only countries, there are only two, um, in Africa that were not colonized, and it's for a reason. It's a, it's a proud people. They, um, they're very respectful of their land and their history and and they for us again to be successful it's it's imperative that we take a stance that that it's not just a um uh, like something that has to happen the esg side is something that we have to happen i i i firmly believe that we will not be successful without making it an integral part of our business uh strategy Okay. Um, it's a refreshing attitude. <laughs> we don't normally get that from uh, companies that are listing on the ASX. It's all about um, getting in there and uh, drilling away and uh, worrying about the ESG issues at a later date. So to put them up front is, as I said, refreshing. Now, the on the technical side of things, who do you have uh, with you to... Uh, I, I take it you've got some technical guys to, who've selected the yes. properties and will be overseeing <laughs> the programs? Right, mercifully, uh, that's that's not my domain. Um, so th- we have uh, who I, I I have to believe is the only Australian who lived and worked in Ethiopia uh, and founded a one and a half discovered a one and a half million ounce deposit. His name is uh, Dr. Chris Bowden. He's he's from Queensland. Um, has spent most of his career offshore. And uh, 09 to 2014, he, as I said, he lived and worked in, in Ethiopia. Um, he had a virgin discovery uh, called Dish Mountain, um, which he, and what he did there was he started with uh, spectral analysis. Um, he um, went to the Geological Survey of Ethiopia. He assembled a team that did the ground truthing everything from scratch right. um, and to 
to then found a uh, just a two, one and a half million ounce discovery. And he again is is leading this charge, and and um, you know very fortunately for us, it's not only Chris um, who has jumped on this opportunity. He's been able to bring back all the guys he worked with the Ethiopian team um, from you know, six seven years ago. No. So those guys are incredibly professional, uh, have masters and PhDs themselves. They have been instrumental in really identifying some of the land uh, which we have, and they are working for us now. They're on the ground um, <laughs> on a daily basis, doing the ground truthing as um, coming from the um, from the spectral analysis, uh, and um, those are the guys who are executing currently. Right. So. Uh- Chris with Dish Mountain, uh, I think it started out at 1.5 million ounces, is probably growing. So that's probably one of uh, half a dozen or so of quite large gold discoveries made in Ethiopia in recent times. The the land position that you've assembled there, I think the prospectus said it was about uh, more than 500 square kilometres. I take it that is probably what a long strike uh, to these discoveries or in the same uh, you know, geological settings? Yes. Uh, so there's, we have, um, yeah, about 511 kilometers, which has, which is granted. And mm-hmm. we have another, um, hundred and, uh, sorry, 200, um, in application. And the majority of that is in the Adola belt. Um, and two kind of the, the flagship projects right now are to the north and south. Of the Legendembe and Sakara mines, and and those are important because um, they produce some three million ounces of gold uh, over over a twenty year period, and our projects, Babicho to the north and Chikata, is Chikata itself is only five kilometers to the south of Sakara, a long strike, and what Chris has done again was he he started with the satellite analysis. Um, he sent the team down to to ground truth it. Um, importantly, the Geological Survey of Ethiopia is, you know, it's a, <laughs> uh, for listeners, it's hard to describe, but it's just this massive library, paper, <laughs> pretty poorly um, uh, catalogued. And, and Chris's team, our team, went in there and found, like went through, ruffled all, through all the paper and found um, that, some significant exploration took place on both these uh, tenements in the late nineties, you know, to the tune of, you know, several million dollars. Hmm. And what they, um, what they uncovered there was that the work and, and some, you know, pretty, pretty compelling numbers actually coincided with the, with the spectral analysis. So we have these two independent data sets, which are, are really kind of pinpointing where we'll be where we'll be working um it is a long strike as you pointed out uh from um uh from the really the only major producing gold mine in ethiopia's history uh certainly modern history and what it's allowed us to do is really to be able to accelerate the work to the point where we believe we'll be drilling uh, really in the next couple of weeks we have the contract signed we have dozers on the ground right now uh, preparing the drill pads and 
so long as so so long as the uh, the drilling company um, gets the gets the drills down there, I think we'll be there before the end of the month. Right. Okay. And just to check in on the ASX process, have you had an indication of when uh, the listing might occur? It's indicated for twenty sixth of October. Right. So you'll be essentially drilling as you list, or that's the uh, that's the plan. I mean, it's an ambitious plan, and uh, and but we're pretty confident we're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, there's, as I said, that the dozers are there preparing the drill pad pads today uh, over the last couple of days um the the contractor the drilling contractor is um raring to go uh has drills in country um it's really just a question of them deploying it there and and getting it going mm. now uh, i understand you're based in uh brooklyn New York. Uh, I am. You, you, will you be heading over to uh, Ethiopia to uh, the inaugural drilling program, as it were? <laughs> oh, I, I. So I had been going there, you know, every couple of weeks last year, in in, in kind of uh, putting together po- the the land portfolio, um, working with the ministry and building the team. Uh, I hope to be there for that. Um, it's it's a little tricky uh, with coronavirus. Ethiopia mm. um, um, has actually fared fairly well uh, compared to where I where I find myself right now. And you know, a lot of people don't want us <laughs> because they're coming from Brooklyn. They don't want us over there. Mm. So um, it, it's a it's a possibility, but I'm I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure I'm able to pull it off. Uh, we will, certainly will have the team. We will have uh, a number of, of the team there, and we do have an Australian geologist on the ground right now. Mm, okay. Now, uh, you mentioned there that the uh, uh, Mines Ministry hasn't really caught up with the digital age just yet, but I understand that Ethiopia has set out a few years ago to encourage uh, a mining industry in the country. Ethiopia is its really at an exciting inflection point. Um in its history, and I say that because in 2018, uh, Prime Minister Abiy uh, was uh, gained power, and he has turned what used to be a fairly closed economy on its head. And I say that in the sense that Ethiopia has been doing great. It's it's been the fastest growing economy in Africa at over eight percent a year for a decade. Um, it has the biggest airline in Africa on Ethiopian Airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's has a virgin, it has a strong coffee industry, agriculture is, is strong. Um, but Prime Minister Abiy realizes that this isn't enough. And so, unlike some other jurisdictions in, that, in Africa, there's actually investment going back into the infrastructure of the country. There's the biggest hydroelectric dam on the continent, uh, the, the Grand Renaissance Dam, has um, cost more than $4.5 billion to build, the $3 billion train line. Um, from Addis to Djibouti. There's also been um, uh, a push uh, by the government to open up formerly closed industries like telecoms is being opened up for the first time, finance Mm -hmm. is being opened up to the diaspora. And importantly for us, uh, the, the, the government is really pushing mining as well because they know that they have incredible resources that 
as you said at the very, very beginning of, of, um, of the podcast, they've been mining there for millennia, mm. but there's been gold there from the, the Queen of Sheba had gold there in, <laughs> uh, you know, um, and, but they haven't really been able to apply modern techniques in order to be able to extract that wealth. And so they really, they have um, a dual language mining proclamation. They have um, a reasonable uh, free carry rates at, at, at 5%, um, the royalties mm-hmm. uh, uh, 5%. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it, they've geared themselves um, to kind of attract companies like us to come in there and, and assist, um, you know, essentially finding out what they have. Because yeah. they know it's there, but don't right currently hasn't been the the kind of the capacity, uh, particularly from a financial side, um, and there hasn't been companies like us to to come in there and 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 really do that um, greenfields exploration. Mm. So it's you know it's a really exciting time both in the history of Ethiopia, but also you know, for companies like us uh, because they really want us there. Mm. I was going to ask, uh, I mentioned the Canadians are, are, are active in the country. Um, uh, are you aware of uh, other Australian companies that active in, in the mining scene there? No. Uh, um, there, we have a, there's a smaller mining association of, of, of uh, foreign companies um, and in that there's Kefi, which is listed on uh, an Australian who is the uh, CEO, Harry, Harry Adams, but... Um, they're listed on AIM. There are a couple of Canadian companies: there's Sun Peak and, and Altus, and there's a Norwegian company. Um, but there's re- there, there aren't any uh, mm. other companies like us, at least at, at least to my knowledge. Certainly not in the mining association. Yeah. Which goes to my earlier statement: uh, Magado's you know, uh, somewhat well is unique in the Australian con- uh, mining context. Um, so giving investors here the opportunity to um, have exposure to you know, what's an ancient uh, gold production history, but at the same time, in the modern era, emerging as probably the next frontier in African uh, mineral exploration. So exciting times. Well, we certainly hope so. That is, uh, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Well, Michael, thanks for that uh, rundown on the company and uh, Ethiopia itself. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, all the best with it, and we'll uh, be watching with eagle eyes the upcoming uh, drilling program. And uh, wish you all the best with that. So, thanks for your time today. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it uh, for my very first podcast. Thank you very much, Barry. Good on you.